Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. WWE fans generally have pretty fond memories of 2002, from Shawn Michaels' in-ring return and the first Elimination Chamber to the week-to-week awesomeness that was the SmackDown 6, there certainly was a lot to love. WWE, the organization, doesn't share that same opinion. I'm Andy from What Culture, and here are 10 things you didn't know about WWE in 2002. Number 10. The Rock was always a bit gotten to. As I record this in June 2023, The Rock is in a time-tested downfall arc in his Hollywood career. He will make a comeback, that's how this cycle works, but the fans are turning on him, and he's effectively getting same old sh- chance like he might have in wrestling. He might even be coursing dangerously close to becoming a bit of a laughing stock, ruining his cool guy image with defensive mental gymnastics to spin Black Adam's blah box office performance into some kind of positive. But maybe we should have seen this coming. When Rocky was booed against Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam 2002, Dave Meltzer wrote in the Wrestling Observer newsletter that even though people in WWE, including Rock himself, had claimed otherwise, Rock had been and I quote, waffling back and forth about appearing on Raw, suggesting that he didn't have a lot of fun against Lesnar at SummerSlam. The Rock didn't end up appearing on the show after SummerSlam, his tail tucked firmly between his gigantic thick legs. Number 9. SummerSlam 2002 was not Shawn Michaels' return. Plenty of conspiracy theories have tried to debunk the idea that Shawn Michaels' back wasn't completely screwed in 1998, but it kind of was. The man underwent gruesome spinal fusion surgery in 1999, learning through the procedure that one of his discs was completely destroyed. So yeah, maybe it's best to leave the tinfoil hats at home for that one. But while SummerSlam 2002 is often held up as a big in-ring return for Michaels, this simply isn't true. April of that year saw him step in the ring for his own wrestling school, the Texas Wrestling Alliance, working a chap named Venom in a bunkhouse brawl. This preceded Michaels being persuaded to do the unsanctioned match with Triple H, which of course commenced one of the greatest comeback runs in wrestling history. But when WWE tried to spin the idea that this was Shawn Michaels' first match since buggering his back up all those years prior, that's not correct. They're telling a porky pie. Number 8. Business fell off badly. The Attitude Era boom firmly ended in April 2001. WrestleMania 17 is held up by many as a firm endpoint, and that's totally fair. I mean, just look at the drop-off. WrestleMania 17 
2019 pulled in 1.04 million buys, while the next pay-per-view, Backlash, drew just 375,000. Okay, it's Mania, the biggest Mania ever up till that point, and it'll always do more than other shows, but considering Backlash was also down from the previous year's event by over 55%, that's not good. Invasion ended up drawing 775,000 buys later on that year, sparking hope of a revival, but it never happened. By 2002, the decline had more than caught up with WWE. Every single consumer revenue stream was down across the board. WWE earned a profit of just $328,000 in the second quarter, having routinely hit around the $20 million mark for the same period during Attitude. Nope, it was pretty clear that business was on the downslide by 2002, and the numbers don't lie. Number 7. WWE knew the good times were over. Vince McMahon cut a famous promo on the 24th of June 2002 episode of Raw, gathering the wrestlers in what he called his ring to demand ruthless aggression. This turned out to be something of a self-own. Vince knew that the good times of the Attitude Boom were dead, and he all but acknowledged it. So too did Steve Austin, who in a scathing rant buried the direction of the company. Appearing on Bite This, Austin, fuming to high heaven by the end of May, threw a Molotov cocktail at Creative, stating that the bottom line is that everything sucks. He called the writing piss poor and added that it could have been a hell of a lot better. It must have been bad, because Bruce Pritchard, not exactly known for his spine, told Kevin Dunn that he, Vince McMahon, and Triple H had crossed the line with the infamous Katie Vick storyline, and he was absolutely correct, but when a notorious yes man like Brother Love is saying that you messed up, well, you messed up. Number 6. Hulk Hogan was an even worse draw than you think. No matter how much lotion he applied to the rubbery buttocks of Hulkamania, 2002 was a bad year for the Hulkster, brother. WWE's botched NWO reboot ended up not mattering because fans were ultimately dying to see their version of Hulk Hogan back, as evidenced by the incredible atmosphere at WrestleMania 18. But even that was a premonition. Hogan vs. Rock was an incredible match, but it was no Rock Austin, with Mania dropping around 200,000 pay-per-view buys compared to the year before. With Hogan on top, Backlash and Judgment Day both posted year-over-year declines. Hogan main-eventing SmackDown in May then drew the lowest-rated episode in the show's history up to that point. And later that month, Hogan's first televised singles match with Ric Flair in WWE ended up drawing fewer viewers than the match that came after it, which wasn't Steve Austin versus The Rock or a match anywhere similar, by the way. It was Bubba Ray Dudley and Trish Stratus versus Jazz and Stevie Richards. Sorry, Hulk, but you weren't a draw, mate. Number 5. Ruthless Aggression was a myth. At least when it comes to John Cena, that is. It's a misconception that John Cena showing ruthless aggression against Kurt Angle launched him to stardom, but even WWE concedes that this isn't quite true. Cena played a one-dimensional Raw prospect and was exposed badly after he was no longer positioned as a surging fan favourite. When WWE stopped telling people to care about Cena, Cena didn't show them that they should. That's fine, of course, he was young, raw, and really green, but it's no less true. Cena was a clunky, basic rookie, and even the man himself didn't think he had ruthless aggression. WWE stopped applying the phrase almost immediately. Number 4. Vince Russo returned In June, a full month after Vince McMahon had already gotten bored of ruthless aggression as a concept, the old 
bugger scrambled. Stars from bygone eras were either unavailable or ineffective, and WWE's developmental prospects didn't exactly spark an overnight boom period either. So, in Vince McMahon's dumb mind, there was only one thing for it. Bring back Russo. This terrible experiment lasted about a fortnight, if that. Taking a punt on a work-shy maverick who'd long since given up and had badly exposed himself in WCW, WWE spent lord knows how much money on a guy who stunned everyone in the locker room with criminal ignorance on the current product. According to former writer Brian Gewertz, McMahon was so stunned by Russo's idiocy and an alleged pitch to repeat the invasion angle for goodness sake that Vince actually apologised for bringing that asshole back. And those are his words, not mine. Number 3. The ladder match problem started earlier than you think. Ladder matches are amongst the most oversaturated and overused stipulations in all of wrestling today, but the rot actually set in a long time ago. As an example, and keep in mind how huge a physical toll these matches take on the people who perform them, does anyone actually remember the 6 minute 45 second ladder match between Rob Van Dam and Jeff Hardy that opened the 22nd of July episode of Raw? The answer probably is no, and when you can't remember a special attraction, the attraction is no longer special. Hardy versus RVD was a title unification match as well, hammering home the historic damage that WWE has done to this once special stipulation. Number 2. WWE didn't have to get the F out, at least in the USA. The World Wrestling Federation became World Wrestling Entertainment in 2002, but it didn't really need to. In 1994, the two WWFs, the Wrestling One and the Panda One, came to an agreement. As long as Vince McMahon's company was not the WWF outside of the US, then the events of 2002 wouldn't have happened. If Vince McMahon had marketed the WWF as something else in the UK, which isn't that unusual, hello TJ slash TK Maxx, the charity wouldn't have tried to sue him. In the end, they did that because Vince consistently violated the agreement by promoting the Fed as the WWF in the UK. Vince tried to no-sell this, the wildlife dudes thought he was taking the piss, and eight years later, they decided they'd had enough. In 2002, Vince McMahon was taught a lesson by a panda, but unfortunately, not the one from South Park. And at number one, the first ever WWE match was Trish Stratus versus Jazz. In addition to working the first ever women's main event in WWE history by doing battle with Lita a few years later, Trish Stratus also made history in 2002. By virtue of opening the 6th of May episode of Raw, she technically wrestled in the first ever WWE match. Trish took a 3 minute no DQ loss to Jazz when Stevie Richards showed up and kicked her in the face. Not an ideal match to stand as a historical landmark, but this era of WWE wasn't exactly synonymous with taste and decency. So that's our list, but what do you guys think? Let us know down in the comment section below. After that, don't forget to like, share, subscribe, and ring the bell for notifications. Then you can follow us on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE, and you can follow me on Twitter at AndyHMurray, where you can tell me how wrong I am. Goodbye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.